a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. KSL News Time 545. The three things you need to know this hour. First, records show interviews between DCFS and the Hate family before they were found dead in their Enoch home. Alleged years of abuse by the father who was never interviewed. I'm KSL News Radio's Amy Kobabe. Second, it now appears there's a deal with education groups on changing Utah's constitution so income tax can fund things besides education. We'll go in depth in just a moment. Third, traffic and weather together. Crews are still working to clean up the crash at 700 north by the I-215 Westbelt Junction. And as a reminder, you still cannot exit from northbound on the Westbelt at 7th North. You you will still see delays and heavy and slow spots scattered northbound I-15 from Murray all the way to the north interchange. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. A brush by storm today brought some snow flurries, but a bigger storm is moving in for the weekend. I'm Kevin Eubank. 39 degrees in Salt Lake City now. KSL's top national stories from ABC News. Eight feet of snow is keeping people trapped in their homes. No way to get to stores or to get deliveries in northeast of Los Angeles in the mountains of San Bernardino County. Helping vacationers in the area, Casey Ringerhofer and her family. There's Airbnbers who don't have the same supply as some locals have and locals running out of food. So we've been giving out eggs and stuff like that um, because we do have chickens. So that's a big plus for us. But it's been really hard for a lot of people. The additional info on President Biden's annual checkup released today says he had a skin lesion taken off his chest, cancerous, but not a fast spreading type. As Doc says, Mr. Biden's doing fine. Dozens of arrests and a years long investigation. Investigation centered in western Pennsylvania targeting a large-scale drug trafficking organization. Announced by the Justice Department, U.S. Attorney Troy Rivetti. We announce the culmination of a years-long investigation targeting a prolific fentanyl, methamphetamine, and cocaine trafficking organization. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Time now for the KSL In-Depth. We are live at the Utah State Capitol, and sitting next to me is State Senator Ann Milner. You are the majority whip. Yes, I am. To the layman, what does that mean? Well, I actually say it really is to help facilitate the work that we do in terms of the bill flow, making sure we're getting the right bills, getting them on the board in the right order, that we know that they're funded before they pass, um, that we're working closely with our colleagues between the House and the Senate. But, so, but are you called whip because you whip the other lawmakers well, into shape? I think it's much more like a facilitator role than a whip role. Okay. <laughs> you like facilitator. Uh, one of the measures that you facilitated here during this session had to do with the earmark for education. Yes. Um, Where do we stand right now? Where we stand right now is that we've been working all session long with many of the education community. Um, We worked with the State Board of Education. We have worked with the State Superintendents Association, the local school boards association, as well as the business officers uh, organization, and with the UEA. Um, the, we have gotten support for the amendment that we passed today from four of those organizations. The UEA is in a no position place because they have to wait till they have their April meeting with everyone in order to be able to take official action. But what this, but what this does, I think, is we've had an earmark for income tax for use for educa- public education, higher education. Um, children and people with disabilities. Um, but we've never really had a funding framework. We've just had a, here's an earmark out there for funding these things. And this would put in place, I think, a statutory funding framework that public education can depend on year after year after year. That says as long as we have revenue, as long as you know we're growing, a portion of that's going to go to fund enrollment growth and a long-term inflation factor. And in bad times, we have a stabilization count that we've been billing. So we, during, if we had a short recessionary times, a couple of years, uh, we'd be able to go to that fund and still do this because we had saved back for the, a rainy day to take care of that. So you have many of the major players who are involved on board, but this still has to go to the public. It goes to the people. Uh, not this year, but next year, November 24, we get to vote on this as a ballot question. You get to vote on as a ballot question, every person in the state. And uh, I think what will be important for voters to know that in this, that we're Really what this allows us to do is to make sure education is still seen as a high priority, but allows us to fund other state needs because income tax has grown so much faster than our general fund. And as a result, we have, we're, we have to be able to fund sure. infrastructure and water and social services and public safety and all those things. And this would allow us to be able to accommodate some of those needs as well after we've met these education so, needs. So uh, this has also been attached to the uh, elimination of the sales tax on food. And I started doing some math about the sales tax on food. If the state gets, I don't know. 1.75. Okay, so let's say 2% for math's sake. If you spend $1,000 a month on food, that's $12,000 a year, you're going to save like 200 bucks. This is not a mountain of money we're talking about. No, but it's it, particularly for our lower income families, that's important money because it makes a difference when they're buying food that they're able to feed their families. And um, But the, our problem has been we couldn't 
and, and we've heard from many constituents and voters that they really would like to see the sales tax come off food. So this is us listening to our constituents. But on the other side, we have to be fiscally responsible. And right now, because our general sales tax or general fund is not growing very fast, because everybody's moved from buying goods to services. Um, they I've like noticed. to travel <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and things like that. And we don't we don't tax that. So we don't have a sales tax on that. So if we have... This is basically a rebalancing of everything to make it all work in the end. And in the end, it gets voted on by by your constituents. The people will decide on this. Um, And if if they decide that this works for them in terms of stabilizing education, providing flexibility, then we would, um, at the same time, we would take the sales tax off food. People decide. Thank you so much for joining us, State Senator Ann Milner. We appreciate you. you being here. And I hope your session ends early tonight. You get to go home and relax. <laughs> that would be great. Thank KSL you. News Time 551. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.